I just wanna do good in my life, no problems. Can't lie, it's been rough lately. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Stories Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Shay, and um, I've got a good friend of mine, a good uh, family friend as well, um, an amazing mentor to the community of Hastings and an amazing uh, barber within their community as well. Uh, we've got Paliti Uli. Um, bro, first and foremost, thank you very much for, you know, jumping on. I know you've got a busy life. Um, <laughs> not only, you know, are you an amazing man in the community, but obviously a busy father as well. So, um, bro, just thanks for jumping on. Solid, solid. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Shay, for yeah allowing me this honor to be part of your show. I'm very proud of you, bro. But um, yeah, just to briefly introduce myself, my name is Pulidi Oli, uh, raised in Flexmere, born in a small island in Samoa, Savai. Um, grew up here in Flexmere. Yeah, pretty much working in the orchards with mum and dad. And then, yeah, meeting a lot of friends at Hastings Boys High School. So very honoured and privileged to attend Hastings Boys High School and be part of the alumni there. So I'm very, very proud to be part of that uh, family. Um, and, yeah, also yourself, uh, Shay, being the head boy. Uh, I was very privileged to, to witness, you know, the great things you did um, with the school being under your leadership as, as the head prefect. So, yeah, honoured to be part of this uh, show. So solid. No, nah, appreciate that, Bo. Appreciate that. Um, Bo, well, uh, obviously, I want to get into a bit about your barbering journey, Bo. Did you, did you always know that that's what you wanted to do, or like, did you have other goals first and foremost, or how did that all come about? Yeah, it, it's very trippy. Um, I'll try and keep it as short, as brief as possible. But growing up, I didn't really know what um I wanted to be just because being um, surrounded by religion, um, it's very, you know, very common to be um, part of a church when you're Samoan, mm. uh, very, um, very involved in the, in the church, um, yeah, kind of community growing up. So aspiring to be something, I, I wasn't really exposed to much other than school, other than, you know, people who are around me. But barbering came about when I was sitting in class at Hastings, at Hastings Boys High, and one of my good uh, friends, John Funui, who's from Huntley, moved down from Huntley to Hastings, and and yeah, bro, he just hit me up and looked at my hair and was like, bro, I'll, I'll give you a fade if you want a fade. I didn't know what a fade was, <laughs> so he's like, bro, let, we'll, we'll go, we'll go over home. Um, I'll cook us a feed, and then there we were in his wash house, no cape. Um, <laughs> one of our free periods was yeah one of our free periods from school and he was giving me this very short haircut showed me in the mirror and I've never had my hair that short but it was nice it was clean but then yeah he he then turned to me and said hey bro cut my hair now and that was very powerful for me because not often do people give me the opportunity to learn a skill um Mm. My dad was very tough, like he was very staunch and, and of strong, you know, very minimal words come out of his mouth unless he's growling me, you know, so <laughs> he didn't really, I wasn't really given many opportunities to learn a, a skill from dad. So when my bro John Fionui, um handed the clippers to me, he said to cut his hair and I've never cut hair before. So there I was cutting his hair and he was just teaching me. And I'm very grateful to the bro John Fionui because um yeah it became a hobby and then I took it quite serious because I enjoyed it 
and I enjoyed the fact that I can make people look good as well and feel confident and better about themselves. So that's the magic that stuck with me through barbering. And obviously I went on to further my career in barbering, um, opening up a small shop in the hood and then eventually in, in, in town. Yeah, and, and that's just been part of my passion um, is connecting with people through through the Clippers. So with um John Bo, would would you say he was your first proper mentor in terms of, I yep. suppose your your craftsmanship and and a lot of other 100. things? Yeah, one hundred. Um, because of that small gesture, it was just such a small gesture, and he might he might do you know he might have given a lot of people that opportunity, but for me, it was very special because it was almost like he was handing a gift. Um, to me because not only was he teaching me a skill but he believed in me and mm. he gave me that confidence to even learn and cut his own hair you know so he was putting himself at at risk <laughs> of you know me failing but that's what I really appreciated so yeah you're right uh, he was my first actual mentor when it came to learning the trade of barbering oh um how was that first haircut like well <laughs> What was going through your head, like just grabbing those clippers, thinking, man? Yeah, like... I just felt really unorthodox because, like, here he is. You know, I've never held clippers in my hands before, and then he's telling me to to scoop it out. Like that's that what that's what creates the blend. I was buzzing out because it was new and it got me interested, um, but at the same time, very nervous because if I didn't do a good job, you know. I probably, you know, probably, <laughs> probably embarrassed my bro, but because he guided me through the haircut, he was showing me the steps, very simple, um, yeah, and, and made it easy as well. So it made me realize in my, you know, my thinking, oh, I can actually do this. I, I actually enjoy it because it's quite therapeutic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end was like his compliment at the end. He was like, bro, you did pretty good. You know, you could have did a little bit better there, but. You know, he, he gave me that feedback and yeah, I just caught, they call it catching the bug. Yeah, yeah. I caught the bug, yeah, I caught the bug and I just wanted to do it all the time. So yeah, um, the more practice I had, the better I got, but we didn't have the luxury of uh, the internet or social media, even YouTube wasn't around, you know, this was back, yeah, back back in the days when, when um, yeah, the internet wasn't about. Was, yeah. was like... He the only one sort of doing that sort of stuff around that time other than yourself? Or was there a few boys yeah. cutting hair? I think he was the first one to actually bring it to school um, during our era. I think a lot of the boys before, like the Poly- Polynesian boys and, and Māori boys used to, you know, do haircuts. Um, but during our era, he was he was the guy. Um, I like. think a couple of our other Samoan mates could cut hair. So when we were cutting at school, everyone jumped in and they were like, yeah, because it turned out, you know, trying to show off their skills. <laughs> and we were just feeding off each other, bro. It, it was cool. Like other boys would jump in while I'm cutting and they'll give me some tips. So we were pretty much just like vibing together at school. Even the teachers got in on it, you know, it was cool. They allowed us to cut hair and, you know, in, the, in some of the spare rooms we had during school time. Yeah, now that's still a thing, eh? Like, um, <laughs> when I was at school, like, we, we, we were allowed uh, to, to get haircuts at school as long as, um, one, we cleaned up the mess and two, gave yeah. them a free haircut as well. That was the 100. deal. Um, uh, did you sort of make a, 
well, I wouldn't say a business out of it, but we're cutting quite a lot of the boys here at school and maybe get a free free pie or or two. <laughs> well, to, to be honest, because I caught the bug, uh, I, that wasn't even on my mind. Like just the thrill of being able to do a haircut made me look cool, you know, amongst the boys. Because for me, um, as you know, I'm quite out and about in the community, but I'm, I'm actually there's a slight percentage of me that's like, uh, um, oh gosh, introvert, bro. An introvert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm quite, I'm normally quite shy and I, I don't know what it is, but being able to do a haircut and show showcase a skill in front of the boys made me quite popular. So that boosted my confidence in a way. So yeah, um, we were always cutting here. The teachers would jump in and, and they'll, they'll open up the changing rooms for us as well at, in the gym. And we just became known as the, the boys that cut hair at school, like the barbers. So yeah, there, there was a certain, um, uh, yeah, what would you call it? Title that came came with um, being able to have that school as a barber. Like, oh yeah, they're the boys, they always got haircuts. And we were clean as well. We were like shaped up all the time. Oh, so man. yeah, they just knew we were the boys that, you know, could give everyone haircuts. It was cool. So from there, bro, um, how did you go from just cutting hair with the boys and at school to sort of opening your own shop and mm. progressing from that? Yeah. Um, it, <clears throat> because I wasn't very, like, really aspiring to, you know, j- jump on, like, I wasn't too sure what career path I was going to choose. Barbering was just my hobby. Um, but a, a certain event in my life where I lost a loved one, um, one of my brothers saw me, um, that really shook shook me and and changed my path in life where I didn't want to do anything. Mm. But the one thing that made me happy was cutting hair. So that's what made me feel good. And it became my passion. Um, like I mentioned before, realizing the power of barbering, you can make someone feel good. And that was, that, fed, that filled my cup, if I put it that way. And I didn't see it as a, as a career path or anything um, until I enjoyed cutting hair so much that all the boys were just coming over at all hours of the day from like nine in the morning till midnight, bro, till midnight. <laughs> uh, and I, I was just cutting for free, for free, because I enjoyed it that much. But the thing that, um, my, it was my dad, he was the one, he gave me a growling and he was like, bro, are you charging these guys? Because, <laughs> you know, the, the, elect, the power bill is going up you know and you're not even charging so that switched my mind to like oh damn i need to start charging the boys just to keep my dad out of my ear you know so i started mm. off from two dollars five dollars and it just got too busy that you know randoms were turning up to my house you know because the news got out um but fortunately my brother saw me he was cutting the boys from the dairy so that was the opportunity that came up um uh, the boys from the dairy used to get cuts from my brother um but you know he he passed away so they, you know, they needed to get their haircuts. So they offered me a lease to lease, you know, one of these spaces down the road at their shops. And that's where it started. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't really have any support. You know, I had no knowledge about, you know, running a business. So it kind of really just fell into place. But then once I was in it, I knew I had to really focus and do it legit, like properly, because, you know, now I'm making money and I needed to get advice so uh, yeah, I reached out to a few people that I met along the way and yeah, they were able to give me some good advice and 
to running a business, paying my, you know, paying taxes, etc. So yeah, that, that's how the journey pretty much blossomed from uh, a passion or a hobby became a passion and then became my livelihood. I was able to feed my family through the business. Yeah. That's pretty amazing too, because I'm um, like, I mean, I've just sort of started to dabble a bit in, in business and stuff like that, but so, you just, you just sort of don't get told about paying taxes or, or that no. other side of stuff. So yeah, how was that learning all that side of things for you, bro? Like yeah, eye opening. It was like, yeah, it was a culture shock. I'm like, what? We have to pay that much, you know? Like, <laughs> you work so hard, and then you go and pay like triple the amount of you know your overheads and your bills just for taxes. And like, because we we never grew up that way. We just mm. you know the way we're raised in in Samoan culture is like it's like you're raised in the village, and whatever you make goes straight to dad. Like mum and dad, they're the tax people, you know, <laughs> our parents. But you know, like switching over and transitioning into that business world was uh, a shock for me because you know like there were times we were going home like we'd cut full days like for the week and we'd take like five dollars home you know because we knew we had to set it set it aside but um yeah the the bonus for us was um because we were you know known as the urban barbers we made a lot of connections where our networks became our help and we were able to get a really good accountant through through one of our barbers and his connection. So yeah, he was able to teach us the way and of, of that that world, you know. And and it was a really eye opener, bro. Like you said, bro, eye opener. <laughs> and then I think like like because I, I I wasn't fortunate enough to sort of um go to the to the shop and flex, yep, but um, but once I did meet you, like far it was. It felt to me like when you go to your shop, it was more than just getting a haircut. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if you've, um, well, you probably have, but the movie Barber Shop, and you know, yeah. there's just fellas in there, like, they're not even getting yeah. haircuts, bro. They're just in there <laughs> reading the, the daily paper, chatting, uh, about everything. But I, it yeah. sort of gave me that vibe when I started getting haircuts from you, like, talking yeah. about the world's problems, and but not in a way of seriousness, just in a way yeah. of like, connecting with people bro would that yeah. be one of the biggest things you've, you've oh, picked up on hard hard, hard. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that i fell in love most with barbering was that all of like being an urban urban barber um there's a culture that comes with it like the movie barbershop like you know everyone's into that culture of like hip-hop and 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 r&b and then the kind the kind of haircuts we were giving that's the that's the market that we were reaching out that we were targeting and all, it was cool to have these Pakeha kids come from Havelock or come from Napier to come and get these designs and, and whatnot so it was cool because we were able to express ourselves through the culture of barbering and then make these kids feel good and look good um, yeah, other than that, you know, we had a lot of our family members just come and hang out because it felt like a place where everyone could belong and feel comfortable. Um, it's almost like yeah, a that, community hub, eh? Like, yes, bro, 100, 100. It, like when we first started, I had no knowledge of like having to put aside money to, you know, to do up the shop. So because it was something new back then, everyone was excited to come and be a part of the barber family or the barber community. Like you said, we even had like 
the Mongol mob, um, you know, JJ, also JJ come, he, you know, um, he brought over his, I think it was their bar from the pad and that became our reception desk, you know, then we had some of our cousins come and donate, like just kept just donating, you know, mirrors, chairs, lino, carpet. And, and that was the love that we were able to witness through our small community of Flaxmere and they were returning that love back to us um, through, you know, helping us establish our shop. And that's the that's the environment that we wanted to continue to 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 create. Um, anywhere we went was um, that real community feel, bus, bus, oh, you know, indigenous cult kind of culture. But we also welcomed our Pakeha friends as well who like getting those kinds of haircuts. But yeah, it's almost automatic when it comes to a barbershop. It's quite funny too, because like through your through your barbering, but you've just obviously become more well known throughout New Zealand and and just well, I suppose just how amazing you are is at cutting here. And um it's almost like sometimes I get a bit nervous to sort of say who my barber is. It sort of oh, just shows humbly, the impact humbly. impact that you've had, eh, bro? Like oh. it's gone right across the country. Um Ooh. Bro, in, in that though, like, I kind of wanted to touch on, on our story a bit, like, because it's a bit yes. of a, it's a mad <laughs> one. <laughs> it's a special one, eh? It's special. <laughs> um, so I think I'll let you t- tell it from the start, like, yeah, that, um, that, well, it wasn't my first haircut, but it was definitely a crucial one that almost went yeah. missing. Um, <laughs> do, you want, do you want to tell the story, bro? You, you, you started off awesome, I'll jump in. <laughs> um, nah, nah, so I was getting a haircut, right? And um it was it was for our my year twelve uh ball, so the formal. Yeah. And um I organized to get a haircut. The ball started at seven. I organized to get a haircut at at five. I turned up to a shop at five and, and no one was there. And um at the time I can't remember who was there, someone was there, but there was no barbers at the shop at the time it was someone else <laughs> and i was like oh where, where's paletti after waiting for yeah. about 15 minutes and then they're like oh he's but he's not here eh? like he hasn't been here for like <laughs> last couple of hours um long story short i left in a panic because it was like about six o'clock by this time and i go home and i had no choice but to get a haircut from my stepdad who who, who wasn't a bad bad at cutting hair but um he's definitely not <laughs> not Paletti um <laughs> and then it my phone rings at like quarter past six just after finishing getting a haircut and please bro where are you bro I'll come over to your house I'll cut your hair I'll cut your hair for free bro like just tell me where you are I'll, I'll come now sorry bro I was at the rugby <laughs> then my kids played up and all this other thing and um long story short I went and got a haircut again um from Paletti and um Fortunately enough, um, that night I ended up winning ball prints. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was cool. That was cool. But yeah, hard man. Like, bro, that was my my downfall was just getting running late. Like my time management was really bad. But but like I when I I try and make it up as best as possible. But yeah, but that was a pretty cool day. It was it was exciting as well because I was able to style your. Oh, I was trying to. I, I remember teaching mum because i had styled your hair and i was like you need to sh- you know style his hair this way <laughs> and mum was taking notes and yeah i was really glad to see your post and and yeah get the, the get crown the 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 prints but it was cool but 
I'll jump in now and, and you you continued to come to the barbershop, but like you came on like special events. And every time we had cut your hair, you know, you'd go away to your event and you'd just be real successful at it. And it almost became, you know, like we were like your your haircut was your good luck charm. It <laughs> yeah. was like, like I mean, three or four yeah. ones I went away to, eh? Yeah, hard, hard. Um Wakaama, you guys came up came away with um yeah, you guys did well in the Wakaama when you came and got a haircut. But the one that stuck sticks out to me the most was when you were going to get your haircut for um, a big, big event that was happening. So you got your haircut and then you came in to thank us when you got crowned, you know, the the, the school head, head boy for Hastings Boys High School. And that was really, for me, that was moving because it's, you know, the haircut is, is special to us, but at the same time, we're sending you guys out into the world, you know, as, as a, as a product of, of, not our creation, but of our skill set. So we we put our time into the skill, and we put love into it as well. Uh, you know, depending on the barber, but to to see you guys come back with, you know, accomplishing what you you needed to accomplish, like it really makes me feel like part of the journey as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's an honor, bro. It's an honor. Like you know, the milestones that you've hit. It's been cool to witness to and grow closer to your family as well. So yeah, it's dope. It became it became the lucky haircut and then um <laughs> when when Paletti came to my birthday I was hoping that my haircut will be lucky in other ways too. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bo, I, I sort of wanted to talk to you a little bit about your journey um on becoming sort of a a council member in, in Hawke's Bay and, and uh, a role model to the Pacifica and Māori and I suppose the whole community of Hawke's Bay and um, sort of where, where we're from, um, Apoledi, it's, it's not necessarily always the best community um, in terms of, you know, there's there's a lot of gangs and violence and, and, and crime and stuff like that, but there's also a lot of amazing good things too that I feel mm-hmm. like don't get mentioned as much in the yeah. media and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, and you've definitely had a hand in sort of helping a lot of the, lot of the boys and, and girls yeah. within the community. Do you want to talk to us about your journey? Yeah. A counselor? Hard, hard. Um, I just want to, before I jump into the counselor, that during your time as the head boy, uh, like I obviously felt the connection to you, you being the, you know, at the helm, um, with, with the, with the boys and, all aspects, but the real special one was um, the the Hastings Boys High Fresh 15 team and being able to go and witness that journey, you know, even cutting the boys up before their finals and their semifinals. Um, we lost the year before, you know, that year before, and then we came the next year when you were head boy um, to watch you in your, pref- you know, in your blazer and the rest of the boys haka to the boys in the first 15 after winning the, 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 you know, the national championship title, because, you know, I, I, I cut a lot of the boys in the rugby team, but then I also cut, you know, yourself and, and the other boys and, you know, who were huckering, huckering to the, to the rugby team. And there was a moment there where I was just watching you, you know, I think you were holding the school umbrella for you there and you were leading the hucker. <laughs> and then the passion you guys were giving back to the boys after winning the final, was you know it was real cool and like that's the kind of thing that money can't buy you know for me you know our community you know like 
the gangs, violence, poverty. You know, we all grew up, you know, in in, in this environment. But to to see like in a moment like that, you know, winning the championship, the head boy, you, the head boy, hackering, hackering to the to the boys. You know, a lot of these kids come from you know the hood. Yeah. Um, but to be acknowledged at the top of the game uh, was it was a magic moment for me, and, and to be a witness as a barber with that connection, um, that's that's when you know that's why I do it. You know that's why I lead with my heart and 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 support you guys as well. But the journey into council was an um, interesting one. I was I was granted an opportunity to run a campaign to to be elected as you know a councillor for Flexmere Ward and for me you know politics isn't my forte at all you know mm. you, you know we, we grew up in the hood as well and and you know politics is the last thing I, I aspire to kind of like pursue but I looked at it like you know the things that we do within the barbershop with the positive positive you know like the effect we try and create there that's a one-on-one kind of thing and I love that but the way I looked at the the councillor role I thought to myself maybe I might be able to reach more people on a platform like that and be able to spark the change the positive change through my role as a councillor and that's the reason why I decided okay cool I'm going to give this a go and yeah fortunately I was able I was elected as as not only a Flexmere councillor uh Flexmere ward councillor but I was the first Pacifica councillor in in Hastings history. Wow, that's mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was that's, blown away. But yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's also like when you think of the demographic within our community, like that's also sad at the same time it's that very, it, it's, it's you're the first. Yeah, it's very, very sad. It's very sad. We, we've got our, our Māori constituents who have been councillors, you know, uh, before. But yeah, you're right. It's like that's... It just goes to show that here in Hawke's Bay, we're pretty much behind, you know, behind and, you know, behind time. What do you reckon, yeah, so like, a long way to go? <laughs> what do you reckon that is, bro? Like, um, if you don't mind me asking, like, is there, is there, is there reasons behind that in terms of the council side? Or do you think it's a bit of both, like, even a bit of pride, yeah. like, not wanting to sort of put their foot forward and be in that sort of spotlight kind of position? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I feel like it's it's um exposing our people to more opportunities like that. Um, I feel you know a lot of information we're not getting, we're not receiving in our communities, and to it's yeah, it's quite it's quite tricky when you think about it. But I feel. We, we as a Pacifica in Hawke's Bay haven't been exposed to that world enough. Well, we have a lot of great leaders, but, you know, like a, to be able to build some kind of program or kind, some kind of like avenue to get more of our people sitting at the table. And I feel it's, it's you know, more education around opportunities and, and how we can go about it. And the big thing was during the campaign was voting was, Voting was a big one. Like our people don't really understand the well, they probably understand now, you know, because of all the protesting. <laughs> <laughs> but voting wasn't cool, you know. Voting wasn't cool. When I was campaigning, I had to go to the boys in the hood, like, bro, can you vote for me? They're like, hey, 
I've never, you know, a lot of them haven't voted before, mm. and they didn't, they didn't think that their voice would matter. And that's one thing where we need to really change the narrative is empowering our people to realize that your voice and your vote does matter when it comes to making big changes. So that connection between you and changes <laughs> that can be made or stimulated is, is missing. So that's where I feel we're behind um, here in Hawke's Bay. Yeah, Bo, like, I, even I, like, when I first voted, because I, I didn't know how to vote or, like, yeah. I mean, we were just going to, I was living in Palmerston North at the time, and they have this um, sort of event every year, and it's um, called the Festival of Cultures. And Bo, nice. we, we only go there for one reason, and that's to have, like, um, chop suey and, like, pani yeah, pofo. The feed, yeah, the feed. <laughs> we only went for the feed, eh? <laughs> But, um, which is no i'm the same <laughs> it's well worth it you know like yeah. um uh, but we ended up getting shoulder tapped by the voting people and um they were like oh mm. how old are you like have you voted before and mm. we, were, we actually got um educated um while having a good kai um yeah yeah but it was actually quite insightful because i think mm. you see a lot of people around you just think oh like i'm yeah. just one vote does it really matter yeah. like that's it that's what it. it does you know yeah yeah and i feel like that message needed needs to be pushed more like i know now with the times you know like having a having a, um your voice heard is very you know it's amplified now with mm. um, the covid situation but yeah in terms of that context with you know council um yeah that needs to be really um amplified to our people is yeah your your, your vote does matter <laughs> yeah yeah exactly what have um been some of the highlights representing your community and oh if i can be real if i can be real um i have never mentioned this but <clears throat> like the way okay when i got into council like i'm more of a community person like i'm face-to-face -face kanohi to kanohi i, I love being in, in touch with our community that's my style you know obviously through barbering but when I went into went into council, I was just like, man, I was overwhelmed to be sitting at the chamber with the mayor and the you know chief executive, all the officers, mm. councillors. I didn't really feel worthy. I didn't feel worthy. I'm like, man, I'm in the wrong room, man. And then when we get our agendas where we have to have our council meetings, like I've never read a, a novel before or a book you know and that's how big our agendas were with this thick and we had to read our agendas before every meeting then we get to our meetings and i you know for me i can't stay focused for an hour meeting but mm. now i'm having these full-on like eight hour meetings even nine sometimes bro i struggled man <laughs> <laughs> i struggled but what got me through was trying to was trying to focus on learning the process, learning how things work. So then I can relate it back to our people and be like, hey, this is how you go about, you know, fixing your footpath or applying for, you know, some funding or, you know, that's where I had to switch my mind and, and kind of think holistically where it made sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a real change of culture in there. But now I'm, I'm slowly finding the rope source and, and really trying to, create opportunity for for other you know people alike have you felt like you've built a stronger connection between 
um, the community and sort of that politics side? Because I know a lot of people yeah. have different views and yeah, feelings. That's a good question. Yeah, I, I try and stay as real as, as I can. Like I'll go to, to meetings with my Tupac shirt, you know, or my yeah. Chucks, <laughs> yeah. or my, my Cortezes, you know, like I, I'll try and stay the same because they might look at my shoes and my clothing, but the real... Uh, the real eye opener is my hair, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never had an afro in that chamber before, <laughs> so me just being in that room is a statement. So for me, I always try and promote what happens inside the chambers because we're allowed to because they screen it live on Facebook, so mm. they allow us to take videos. But they've never had someone, you know, pull out their phone and just post stories every day. <laughs> so like I'm different, and yeah. I try and own I try and own that because. Through my stories, the reason why I do a lot of stories when I'm in the chambers is I can reach to the homies in the hood and they can see, oh, actually, like, it's not too bad. Oh, is that what it looks like in there? Is that what they do? So mm. we're you know, trying to expose our brothers and be like, oh, shucks, he's wearing chucks. He's got an afro. He's got the Tupac shirt. I can, if he can do it, I can do it. And that's my way of really trying to promote, promote the role and promote that you know, like it is possible for a brown brother to be sitting in that room and have a say and have a voice and know what he's on about. Yeah. And that's, that's my style. <laughs> and not only that, eh, you're just being your authentic self too. You're not trying to, it's not like, you know, you, you got in there, then you cut your hair yeah. short and, and then started, put on my tie. Yeah. <laughs> started my <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, the, the, the mere, because she noticed that I was, you know, like obviously just wearing whatever. She, she, I had an interview with her and she was like, um, on our council days, because our council days are our decision-making days where it's live, um, she asked, do you have uh, a shirt and tie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't have a shirt and tie. And she was like, oh, okay. Um, uh, on our council days, just, just wear what you wear to church. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> so I wear my... You know, if I gang up with my jandals, you know. <laughs> but that that's mean though, because I feel like like times have changed where um, you know, like whether it's for better or worse, that's sort of up to you to decide. But um yeah. not everyone's wearing a top hat and a and a yeah. and a three-piece suit anymore, you know. Yeah. Everyone's wearing uh, what they want to wear and expressing themselves through fashion. So the fact that you're just comfortable enough to rock up there in a Tupac shorts yeah. I'm sure and um, your Cortez is like just shows that you mean more business in my opinion because yeah. you're more focused on the agenda more than what you look like because you're just coming as yeah. yourself hard hard and that's, that's it you're right you're right with your branding bro if you were wearing a, a suit a tie and a vest and a top yeah. hat like I would think bro, oh, no one would trust me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like look at this freaking phony yeah. <laughs> imposter who are you trying to be oh and you'd get rinsed from the boys when you get back like yeah close uh, ones that know you they'll be like oh you, you never wear a suit like sort of one day so hard hard and you know just like the the, the mp taika waititi you know he's also educating people around him you know he wears his jordans <laughs> to yeah to the you know to the beehive exactly exactly um but what, what, what's so? What's been the biggest challenge for you both in barbering and and even on the council as well? Yeah, it's it's. I'll have to put it down to 
man, there, there's times where I'm sitting in these spaces and I'm like, power out. Like, it's my self-doubt. That's my biggest enemy is my own thoughts. Like, when I hear people compliment me, it's hard for me to take because, you know, like, the life, you know, how we were raised. We were raised in, you know, such a heavy, you know, community. It's... It, it almost makes me feel unworthy. So that unworthy feeling of like being in these spaces, it just, you know, pops into my head now and then. And, and then I'm like, oh man, I find myself standing up and being like, hey, I might not be as educated or I might not own a home or I might not like, I, I feel like I always try and justify my existence or me being in that space. So, you know, like, yeah, that's been my biggest trial is, is, is that, is that self-doubt. So I try, you know, every day to to find ways of like, no, actually I'm more good. Actually I'm supposed to be here. And actually I'm I'm making good changes. And yeah, it's my I'm my own worst critic, you know. Mm. Which is good and bad sometimes. Eh? Sometimes you're yeah. too harsh, and sometimes uh, yeah, you, it's good to to be hard on yourself so that you get better. Yeah. But sometimes you need to be a bit softer. Eh? Do yeah. do you feel yeah. like? Do you feel like you have a lot of weight on your shoulders being that representative person of Blacksmere and, you yeah. know, cause you've got such a wide um, connection with everyone in Hawke's Bay. Do you feel yeah. a lot of weight on your shoulders? Yeah. Hard, hard. And that's been the hardest because like the hardest thing is to, you, uh, you know, I've got my circle, you know, I've got my barber circle, I've got, you know, the school circle, people that like support me. But then when you read something where you get a message of like, hate or someone's complaining like bro you know you know you're not even supposed to be there like that really does affect you know it used to affect me but now like uh, i just accepted it like when i was um putting up my billboards you know like when i was campaigning you know i had people like cut out the flex me in the middle or cross my face out like things like that really mm -hmm. made me almost like trigger trigger a lot of emotions for me and that's where i was like man I got to really focus because the the thing that really helped me was realizing that I'm not going to please everyone. You mm -hmm. know, I'm not going to make everyone happy. So I just got to, you know, acknowledge the small wins and keep going. That's been my challenge is, is trying to not take things too personal, you know, because I'm in a position, I say I'm not a politician, but I'm in a position where <laughs> I'm doing, you know, political work. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that, that comes with it. Um, I just wanted to touch too on a little bit about your support team, bro, because I know you're you've got a strong driver and your wife, and um, she does some pretty amazing things too. Uh, well, what's what's your support circle been like for you? Man, um, it's been amazing. My parents and my family have always been my backbone, but having a wahine toa, you know, Maori wife from you know hailing from Natipuro like man I'm truly blessed to to have her like yeah be the rock be such a strong support system at home like man she's she's just doing some amazing stuff like yeah shout out to her business Waipu Road um mm. yeah very very fortunate so the yeah. missus loves her clothes eh so definitely <laughs> shout out <laughs> And I know my um um a couple of my aunties they've bought some of her um earrings and stuff like that. Like, oh, so oh, definitely shout out to her business, check it out. Yeah, um, solid. 
yeah it's it's pretty amazing yeah that's what we're busy with my sisters are over home um they're packing orders so yeah that's all i'll be doing this week also. after this interview i'm getting back to packing orders <laughs> some black friday sales eh <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah i'll put it down to that my family my brothers and also the community like yourself also. but yeah it comes down to my wife and being able to to take my hat off you know whether it be barbering or you know a counselor and come home and just refill refill recharge um it's yeah yeah um very fortunate to have my wife um bro my last question um just before we get into some quick fire questions um what advice do you have for any um inspiring barbers or anyone hoping to sort of make a change in the community and possibly become a somewhere in the profession of uh politics solid i'll go with uh the barbering first um good word from my also Jabez Makawe, the, the Mule King. Um, <laughs> his his words are you've got to put in the put in the reps, just like you know, going to the gym. You know, you've got to put in those reps to see the results. And that's the same. If you want to be a great barber, like promote yourself, but you've got to also do the haircuts. Just cut hair, put in, you know, repetition. And Matt Brown uh, used to say, um, practice makes better. You know, like practice doesn't make perfect, you know, you, no one's perfect, but practice makes better um relating it to the council journey um make sure you know what you want and stick with it like the person that you are you're going to be you know chasing these these goals of getting things done like rick barker said this to me he, he said to write all the things that you aspire to achieve uh, in a notebook and then just put it away because along your journey you're going to slowly you know grow knowledge and then your perspectives might change but it's good to have that that book with your goals that you wrote in the beginning of your journey to reflect on so yeah that was really really gold advice from rick barker he used to be the mp for labor and now he's on the regional council so yeah he chairs the regional council committee or regional council sorry yeah yeah and if if, if sorry if i can do it you can do it <laughs> i was just about to say that like you're already an example of um many other maori and pacifica boys that you know have the leadership qualities to be able to to be leaders within their community and then not only that i know there's a plethora of boys <laughs> at, 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 at hastings boys cutting here now so so um <laughs> makes me proud man i'm like yeah <laughs> no yeah. shortage of barbers in, in the bay that's uh -huh. for sure um yeah that's dope. bro last um just a few quick fire questions bro um top three songs in your playlist whoa um at the moment oh there's there's a cool song by her name's bina butter <laughs> i like my you know my island reggae bina butter featuring kenyan brown um gosh what's the song called yeah those two shucks i'm stuck in my phone what's the song called Lady Love, Lady Love. That one's playing. And then you've got Up Top, Up Top Wine by Egyptian featuring some guy with tea. But yeah, that one's playing. But one of my favorites is Out of Control, 50 Cent featuring Mob Deep, Out of Control. <laughs> That's old school. Yeah, I Bit love 50. that jam. Yeah. Oh, um, Out of Control. I'll link you to some music from, I don't know if you'll listen to it. A few of the boys have been making music. 
nice. I'll link, I'll link you there on Spotify. So, solid, um, solid. Someone that you look up to or inspires you? Oh, yeah, my wife. I'll say my wife. I look up to my wife, but also Hinare, Hinare O'Keefe, the other Flex Me counselor. Mm. Man, oh, bro, that guy's the man. He is the man. He's the truth. He is the He's man. The truth. Yeah. He's the truth, bro. Like, whew. like that's been my favorite part of council is seeing him in action, um, seeing how he works and operates behind the scenes. And yeah, I get to witness the color of his heart and the color of his love, man, every day in this role. So yeah, I'm very honored to be, you know, a witness in his in his arena. He's the man. Henare O'Keefe. Electric smile too, eh? Like one of those smiles that sort of just lights up the room. And yeah. like I've been to a few yeah, of his leadership man. stuff. Like he's yeah. run a few conferences when I was at school and like. Yeah. Oh, he just lights up the room, sings, brings his guitar, uh, sings water. Yeah. Like, it's mad. Yeah. He's the uh, man. Your greatest achievement? Ooh, my greatest achievement would be my, my kids. Love my kids. Um, yeah, got my three sons. But also, I've also got kids uh, to my past relationships. But yeah, my kids, they're my biggest, biggest uh, achievement in life. And save, saving grace as well saving grace so yeah love my kids trying to be the best father i can be but i'm learning a lot from my wife so yeah she keeps me in place <laughs> <laughs> like any great woman does eh? hundred hundred <laughs> um would you rather go back in time or go to the future Oof, i wish i could go it's scary because if i was to go back in time i'd go back in time to to talk with my brother saw me before mm. he you know committed suicide mm. but then at the same time i don't want to sound selfish at the same time i probably wouldn't be here on this journey if it wasn't for that huge event i call it a sacrifice like it really woke me up um so yeah i'll go back in time um who's like the most like the most nervous you've ever been to sort of cut someone's hair like oh yeah that's a good one also, to be honest, it was my first ever celebrity. Uh, it was young Sid at the time, Sid Diamond now, but he was my first ever celebrity. I think I took like two hours to cut his hair. <laughs> <laughs> God, it was him. Him and shucks. Would it be Fiji. John? John, John Funui. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As well? John Funui. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But at the same time, I didn't know what was, I, I was just like, oh, this, is this, you know, like, what the hell? I was more like unsure, but in terms of trying to um, promote my skills, man, it will be definitely Sid Diamond and Fiji. Fiji. Sorry, I'm not dropping names, but yeah, those are my yeah, um, those are my nervous moments. Um, and last question: If you're stranded on an island by yourself, what are three things that you would want to have with you? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, my wife. <laughs> Is that counted? Yeah, they can count. <laughs> okay, uh, my wife. Um, oh, two mouths my, to feed, uh, my though. Wife. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Damn, my wife and damn a pot. My wife, a pot, so I can boil water <laughs> and a machete, a machete. Yeah, 
I've been watching too much um, uh, Naked and Afraid. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for someone to ask me that question. <laughs> my wife, a pot to boil my water and a machete. And like, to be honest, like out of the three, I would never think you would say a pot. Like, out of, like I've never ever heard someone oh. say a pot before. But oos, oos. <laughs> I watch Naked and Afraid like hard. It's, it's yeah, it's buzzy. Oos. So, yeah, I'm always like, bro, where's your pot? You need a machete. You need a, you know, because you can start fire with, you know, the sticks and stuff. But <laughs> those are the real essentials, man. A pot and machete. What's um, what's what's your favorite TV or or TV show or movie? Solo it, Roost. That's a good um. What was that? Is it that? Is it what? Is it, naked? No, 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 not that. No, I just watched that for like how they handle the wilderness because like man, they're vulnerable to the elements. But my one of my all time favorite. Um, series is Breaking Bad. Love Breaking Bad. Um, and movie, did you say? Yep, yep. Friday by Ice Cube. Friday is my all time favorite. No, that's a good <laughs> movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. I, no, I can't no. say I've seen Breaking Bad, but um, recommend Bro, check it out. Us. Recommend highly recommended. Um, Bo, um, again, I just want to say thank you for jumping on, eh? Like, I really appreciate it. Um, I know you've you've got your son in there jamming the game. (laughs) Probably the best thing to be doing, though. Um, (laughs) But, Bo, you've you've inspired me so much, and I was just so keen to get you on because I know um, I wanted to have someone that I could connect with from my community and that I know um, has a connection with the community itself. Um, Obviously, you have a big influence over a lot of the boys, and um that i went to school with as well and um mm. made them look pretty on tv when they had to <laughs> play rugby um yeah. but yeah again bro just big thank you to to you for jumping on and Solid. i just hope to keep seeing you um inspiring 100, 100. the next gen yep no, i'm very proud very honored and privileged to be on your shows and likewise uh right back at you man i've been Man, it's been a pleasure to witness your great, you know, accomplishments and achievements in life, um, giving me that VIP, you know, pass and access into your your life force. And uh, yeah, it's been a privilege to be your barber and also your friend. Um, yeah, so shout out to you and, and your your career and, and aspirations that you have. And also, um, since you're in Christchurch, shout out to my father's barber, Matt Brown and the team. Carlos is down there. One of our barbers is down in Christchurch. So yeah. Show oh, love true. to my, my also over here. Yeah. So, yeah. Show love to my also here from Hastings down there in Christchurch. Solid us. Mad phone. <laughs> um, do you just want to let everyone know where they can find you? I know you've got a bit of a following, a bit of an influencer. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll plug it in. Um, firstly, my wife, uh, Waipu Road on Instagram and, she's, and her website as well. But for me, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Paliti Oli. And on TikTok, on um, my, my page is Paliti Flexmere. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Flexmere. If you want some good recipes, then uh, plug into that TikTok. Uh, you've got a good review from his from his olds and stuff. <laughs> solid, solid. Nah, cheers, bro. I'll let you go and um, get back to your life. And, um, bro, Sicky. we'll definitely catch up when I get back to the solid. Bay next. Sicky. Love and respect, brother. Catch and up you soon. too, bro. Cheers, brother. Bye. If you want me to be real, if you want me to be honest, baby, I promise that I'ma be straight up. Say I just wanna do good in my life, no problems. Can't lie, it's been rough lately.